The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world! George's Box. I'm JJ. He's Keith. Fuck, it's a good week to be a Yankee fan. (laughs) It's the best week so far. (laughs) Now, Keith, last week, I came a little hot out of the gate. I came a little hot, a lot of energy, a lot of yelling. This week, I'd like to start off by asking a question, not necessarily to you, but kind of to the world. You're right if I ask that question? Yeah, go for it. Who the fuck wants some? Who wants some? The rednecks in Houston, the meth heads in Tampa, who wants some? Because right now, the New York Yankees are the most dangerous team in baseball with the most dangerous fan base in baseball. If you were in the Bronx this weekend, you know that was Liddy to Titty. Everybody was going nuts. The crowd was on the field. There was no guy in a Minnesota Twins uniform who did not feel 50,000 people breathing down their goddamn neck. And anyone who said, oh, man, La Bamba squad. Oh, they won 101 games. Oh, this isn't the same Twins team that you used to beat. Suck my dick from the back because (laughs) we went in there and we pushed your shit in. Minnesota nice? Yeah, you've got your burgers are stuffed out there in Minnesota. Guess what? Your team just got stuffed. And so now anybody who wants to go out there and say, well, that's all right. They beat the Twins. The Twins play in the Central. The Twins went out there and beat a bunch of shitty teams all year. The Twins didn't have a winning record against a team that had a winning record this whole season. I want to point something out to you. First of all, the Rays, we own them. Not worried at all. Not worried for a goddamn second. The Houston Astros, are they a good team? Yeah. Do they have great pitching? Yeah. Did they beat us in 2017? Yeah. But let me tell you a couple things that aren't going to happen. When, if we have to play the Houston Astros, Chase Headley's not our DH. Our center fielder, <laughs> we don't have Jacoby Ellsbury out there anyway. We wow. took a team that was out away from being in the World Series, and we added Giancarlo Stanton. We have added pitchers that have gotten better and better and better. And right now, don't let anybody, if you're a Yankee fan and you're listening to this, don't let anybody, don't let John fucking Smoltz, don't let any of these goddamn people who Carl. want to put self-doubt into your head about this goddamn team interfere. Because guess what? We'll go to Tampa and play seven home games. We'll go to Houston and we will wax that ass. Does not matter to us because we're going to one place, one place only, and that's the goddamn Canyon of Heroes. 
I just had to ask that question, Keith. How you doing oh, yeah. today? I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm ready to rock, bro. Yo, uh, Glaber wasn't on that team in 2017. Uh, DJ wasn't on that team in 2017. Todd Ed, Fraser was our Edwin, third baseman. Edwin wasn't on that team in 2017. Like, I can go down the list. This isn't the same Yankee squad. And you know what they told me, bro? The same, they said, this isn't your father's twins. Yes, the fuck they are. Look like it to me. I actually bought in. I thought it was going to be a five-game series, a battle, you know, one loss at home. Nah, nah, I was completely wrong. And I, I, I apologize because <laughs> I wanted to give the twins some credit, but then I actually stepped in the stadium and heard the postseason crowd, and it's been a minute, and saw how our guys turned it on. And even saw how our guys didn't, like, fold after a couple solo shots or whatever. After, you know, um, they took the lead. The Twins took the lead. Our guys are like, ah, it's, it's whatever. The crowd was nuts. The Bronx Zoo. I'm talking about beers flying everywhere. I'm talking about popcorn flying everywhere. People hugging each other, jumping on each other. We live and die on every pitch. And you can tell that this team knows that. You can tell that they feed off of that. The La Bamba squad, the La Bamba season, erased. Don right? First team to win 100 games sorry. and get I'm sorry. swept. I'm sorry. I got into it with a Twins fan, and I said, bro, that Twins shit is ugly. Who bought you that? He said, I, I bought it. I said, bro, nobody goes to the store and buys that. I hope that was a gift. We started going back and forth. He's like, you stay in your world, and I'll stay in mine. I said, no, fuck that. You're, you're in the Bronx. You're in my world. You're about to get that ass beat. What a waste of a, a plane ticket. What a waste of a hotel accommodation. This ain't no fun. And when, when you go back Monday... We're not going to let this. We're going to end it right there, and you won't be coming back to New York. It'll be a wrap. Done. We had but a, we can't pitch either, right? We can't pitch either, right? We can't pitch. We got too many injuries. Our guys are too young. Our good guys are overrated. Aaron Boone's not really that great of a manager. He doesn't know what he's doing with the bullpen. He, you know, come Brian, on, Ca Brian Cashman put together a shitty team. These are he all missed the on Manny Machado, dude. He missed on Bryce Harper, dude. He could have got Pat Corbin. He could have got Dallas Keuchel. And we screwed up by putting Didi in the lineup. These are you all know the what, Didi, Didi, it's a it's a liability putting Didi in the li lineup. That's a that's a risk, bro. I don't know about having Didi. <laughs> These are the things that they want you to believe out there. They want you to believe because it's twenty nine fan bases and us, and we're all moving in one direction. I can't say how proud I am of just our fan base this whole weekend. The energy was unreal. You mentioned people throwing beers, people throwing popcorn all over the place. For the longest time, you try to pull one of those moves, someone hits a home run, you start throwing beer everywhere, Yankee fans are just fucking fighting each other because we're all savages. Yeah. But now, let's go. Let's get wet. Let's get covered in beer. Who people gives don't a care shit? <laughs> Dude, cause I, saw, I saw people falling on, on kids. I saw people, you know, bodies going everywhere because... It's our time. There are nine-year-olds, almost 10-year-olds yeah. out there who've never seen a parade. What are yeah. we doing? So, I mean, listen. Let, let me, I'm going to throw some numbers out there, and let's just talk about the games. The Minnesota Twins have now lost 13 straight playoff games against the New York Yankees. History. And that, you know what? If you just told me that, I'd be like, all right, you know, like, that stinks. You just ran it. You know, one team's got your number. 16 overall. So the Minnesota Twins, no matter where they play, who they play, if they get it out of that weak central division and get to the playoffs, someone's waxing that ass. Didi Gregorius is a liability. He's batting 400, has six RBIs, and I'd like to quote Keith McPherson, Didi hits grand slams in the playoffs. And that's what he did. They try to tell you that there's no such thing as a clutch gene. They, they try and tell you that um, we have a better lineup with Didi not being in it. Um, <laughs> come on. I don't believe any of that. When I, when I read that stuff or I hear the haters say things like they, they try to pick our team apart, right? So they try to look for any little thing. Didi slumped a little bit. So he said, oh, you know, you can't roll Didi out there. Maybe you move Glaber to short and DJ at second. No, 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 no. Throw all that out. It's the postseason. When the lights are bright, I know that guy's going to respond. We saw it through this first three games, and I know he's got more. He's chilling, bro. And I love the fact that I blacked out. Not blacked out drunk. I blacked out drunk after the game. But when he hit that grand slam and we were all standing there waving our towels, yelling and screaming, 
and you came back and you were like, Didi hits Grants. I'm like, yo, this is such a surreal moment. Like, did this dude really just hit a Grant? Like, this place is upside down right now. It was dangerous. It was <laughs> a dangerous Grand Slam. I would love to, and I know the people, obviously, from doing stadium meets who do the concession stuff. I wonder if I could ask them, like, what were alcohol sales in, like, the 20 minutes after that compared to, like, before? Because yeah. I think that was the point where anyone who was just, like, you know, at the game having a beer, like, you know, but, like, into the game was like, yo, fuck it. It's a party. Like, this shit's over. It turned into Saturday Night Live. I was drinking. I don't even drink rosé. I had a cup of rosé someone bought me. I was drinking whatever came my way because it was like, yo, we're about to. I heard you make a joke, Yankson, too. We're about to end this. Like after It was over. This, it was, it was over done too. before the sun went down, bro. The game was over. Yeah. Um. I also, so here's where it's gotten to a DD because, you know, so many people, whether it's, there are some Yankee fans who, you know, wanted to question what we should do because they want to be the first person to be right about when we lose rather than be someone who potentially would go down with the ship. But like other fan bases, DD made that diving play in game three. Last at, yeah. yeah and like, you know, at the end of the game, and I'm getting text messages from Orioles fans saying, that's a routine play. I don't see what the big deal is. No, dude, Under it's in the those circumstances. It's in the playoffs. Have your guys make any play in the playoffs, and then you can come talk. To <laughs> they them. can't make regular routine plays in Baltimore. Yeah, let alone plays like that with the game on the line, bro. Shout out to the Georges Boxers, people that listen to this podcast. I know on Twitter and online who listens to this podcast because they ride with Didi. Maybe two months ago, I don't know what it was for, but we had to defend Didi on here, and I was like, "Listen, that's my shortstop." That guy replaced Derek Jeter. Toughest job in the world. That's the hardest job in sports. I'm riding with Didi Gregorius. He's more than just a shortstop. He's a clubhouse presence. He's an international guy. He's a knight. That dude does photography, art. He probably can dunk a basketball, throw a football 50 yards. Like, I'm rocking with him. He came back from his injury before, like, I, I don't even have to go into it. People that listen to George's Box, I love y'all because I know that you heard what we have said all season. And then when you see it come true in the postseason, you're like, yeah, that's what's up. And he learned how to play guitar while he was rehabbing. You know, just, just whatever. Casual. I just does whatever he wants. So now, Glaber Torres, he's 22 years old. You may have heard the rumor. <laughs> it's a little rumor going around. And he probably used up all of his, like, good play in the regular season, he's going to fold under pressure. Ah, oh, he's batting 417. He hit a home run yesterday. He's got four RBIs. He stole two bases. He's <laughs> saving runs. He's making plays. Bro. And credit to DJ, too, for getting back to that base in game three. Like, we're saving runs all over the place. Defensively, going into it, we're a much better team than Minnesota. But these guys are stepping up. And when you look at the entire team, is one of the things I said about Edwin coming back. Um, it's a thing I said about, you know, where I was talking to people about the lineup because there's a lot of, like, should Gardner bat third? I said, you look at Gardner and you look at Edwin, that's a lot of fucking pitches back to back that you're going to see. So regardless yeah. of the result, like, yeah, obviously Gardner went deep because fuck else is he going to do? Obviously Edwin's out there just smacking doubles because he knows that his career's coming up. So what do we do? We walk 17 times in three games. 17 times. So now you Johnny Walker, keep walking. <laughs> you got a team with a bad bullpen. Now, their bullpen, as I said last week, got better in the second half. But you got a lot of young guys out there. Let's get to that bullpen and see how they hold up. And now they're playing golf. Yo, Glaber is a grown-ass man, dude. He hit that home run last night. And the first thing, I'm like, Glaber doesn't want to be here. He wants to get the fuck out of Minnesota. That's the punch in the mouth that every Minnesota fan was like, oh, man. Like, the little fan interference, the guy tried to, I don't know what he tried to do, but it didn't matter. Glaber came out there, punched him in the mouth first. That play he made in right field, like, dude, they don't give us, they don't give us even enough credit for how good we are defensively. And I, I don't want to even talk about John Smoltz, but everyone, right, Listening to them call a baseball game, because I didn't get to listen to the call on Friday, Saturday, because I was in there. But listening yeah. to them last night, there was multiple times where I just turned the volume all the way down 
or I muted it because I'm like, yo, they don't even want to give us credit for what they're seeing. Just be unbiased baseball announcers. Just be unbiased broadcasters and appreciate the level of baseball that you're getting out of these guys. Yeah, John Smoltz just seems, I mean, obviously the Braves were what the Braves were in the 90s. And they were great. And they were in the playoffs every year. They won the division a billion times. But every year, the last team that wins was the Yankees. And so he's bitter. He just seemed like like a bitter old man. 20 years later, dude, and it's not even an act. You can hear it in his voice. It's not like he's playing it up like, oh, because I'm John Smoltz, former Brave. No, he's literally hurt watching that the Yankees right now, and you could tell he doesn't want to see us win anything. The thing that he said last night that I was done was when he said, yeah, Aaron Boone, let's see if he can do that next series. He can't use the bullpen in the next series the way he's been using it in this series. Basically to say, like, oh, you won't try that against the Astros. Shut your mouth. But why would it tell why would it not like, like John? Smoltz, it sounds like, like you don't do even not know tell about baseball. Us what we're gonna do? Do not say what my manager can and can't do in the next series. We're waiting for the Astros to confirm that they're in the next series. You can't use the strongest thing you have next series. Like no, what that's are exactly we ta- what we're like, gonna do? Like yeah, John Smoltz, what, what are we talking about, about here, Smoltz? So let's talk a little pitching. James Paxton goes out there, big maple. And a lot of pressure. First postseason appearance of his career. Gives us four two-thirds innings. Strikes out eight. Gives up three earned runs. Gives up a home run early. I was sitting next to negative Neil. Like I said, I tried to throw him (laughs) on the field. Tried to lift him up and throw him on the field because he got negative right away. We had to switch up the seating arrangements. But Paxson went out there. He battled. The lights were the brightest. Maybe it got to him a little bit. Made a couple mistakes. Nothing too bad. Found a way to get through. I mean, he struck out eight. So you're working with what you have on that given day. And he gave, he gave our offensive team to bring us back, get us a lead, give it to the bullpen. You've got guys like Hap coming in. We're talking no ego. Yeah, I'll go out there and give you an inning. Yeah, yeah. I resigned here as a starter. But all these guys are moving in one direction with this fan base behind them. So then you get Tanaka to come out. Tanaka, you kind of never know what Tanaka you're going to get. It could be seven innings, no hit. He could throw a no-hitter for all I know. Or he'd go out there and shit on the mound. He went out there, gave us five innings, and that's what you need in the playoffs. So anyone who, like, listen, would I love him to go out there, give us eight innings? Would I love a Garrett Cole-type performance? You know, from, yeah, that'd be great. But we built a team to have the bullpen to get us there. And we also built a team with a lineup where, ah, you give up a run over five innings, don't worry. Our shitty, terrible shortstop who shouldn't be in the lineup is just going to hit a grand slam while he's batting 400 because he's awful. (laughs) Bro, I feel like I was in the stadium trying to teach people how to watch the game because – People, you know, when they see Paxton give up a solo shot, we're down to nothing. It, like, takes the air out of him. And every time he got to two strikes, I'm like, everybody up. Get your ass up. Stand up. Make noise. Let's go. I was up in 206 with the draft mate guys. We had the K signs. And I'm like, how many? He's got six, seven, eight strikeouts. Good, Paxton. Tanaka, my son, I don't need you to go seven. Like you said, we're not built for Tanaka to go seven, eight. Tanaka, you give me what you give me five, we'll take care of the rest. We got the guys to come in from the bullpen. And you know what? Their solo shots, their one-run innings are not going to beat this lineup. This is, finally, our healthy all-star lineup that we can just roll out there for three games in a row. Man, even Sevy, dude. I can go on about Sevy last night forever. I'll never forget that because I was, I was worried about Sevy this entire season. And to see him show up on that stage and with the, the history that he had in the wild card against the Twins, you know, that could be in his head. Oh, yeah. And this guy, it's his fourth start this year. The moment could have got too big for him. And it did get away from him a couple times. But he manned up. Him and Gary, I'm watching him and Gary, and I'm like, yo, these guys love each other. Like, they're call- like Gary's calling this game, and he's got his back, and they're going to work out of it. The defense got his back. They're going to work out of it, and he's a Houdini. Rocco Baldelli said, oh, yeah, we got some tricks up our sleeves. No, 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 no. 
Sevi was the one with the tricks. He kept escaping and escaping and escaping. And I'll never forget that game three, Severino's first postseason appearance this year after only having three starts in a regular season. And this dude comes out and gives up zero runs. Thank you, Luis. I appreciate you, bro. It's, I mean, when you look at Sevi's season, there were so many times when he could give up because he just got paid. Things aren't going well for him. So many opportunities to just shut it down. Uh, similar, you know, CeCe said, I would have retired halfway through the season if this team wasn't that good. But these guys all believe in each other. So he was able to continue to fight, stay down in Tampa, come up, oh, setback. Oh, now, we're, now everything's ramping up. Now it's another setback. Now it's a different injury. And he just kept going. And that last night, was exactly that was a small sample of his entire season because the bases are loaded we are fucked nope gonna find my way out of it gonna fire the team up and just never gonna give up on his teammates because gary's calling a hell of a game for him so just go out there trust each other rely on each other and you're gonna advance and now we get four days off everyone else is still playing everyone's trying to get to the next round and all we have to do is Sit back, continue to recover, get healthy, get our scouting reports, and just do some team bonding. I saw a picture of the whole team showed up at a bar last night. Good for them. <laughs> was Good that bar in Minnesota? Do you know? They just I have no up. idea. I have no idea where it was. I would hope it had so to be. Because, it had to yeah. be because it would have been super late. I'm like, someone tweeted, they're like, imagine you're the bartender at like this hotel or this nice bar and the New York Yankees roll in. <laughs> What do you and want, guys? Yeah. Open bar. Like, but you know they're going to buy the bar anyway. All wrecked. I will say one thing from the celebration last night that I thought was great is the video that's going around when Judge gave uh, the, belt. the belt. And they were all saying speech. And Glaber just goes, I'm so nervous. And you're just <laughs> like, dude, you just, <laughs> like, you're one of the best players in baseball right now. And you're nervous to talk to your teammates. And it just, like, makes it's him. Pure. It's pure. It's relatable because that's a thing. I mean, <laughs> he's a kid. When you look back at the teams that won in like the '90s, they all seem like regular guys. I mean, where I grew up on City Island, a lot of those guys would come to like the bars there and the restaurants there. So I would actually see them in person, and they were just like regular guys, kind of. I mean, yeah. to me as a kid, they were superheroes. But when I look back, like they didn't act super famous or anything like that. Then we hit the years of like honestly, like the A Rod years, Jeter, you know. And they were all like, you know, everyone became a super celebrity because everyone's making so much money. I mean, Johnny Damon made a billion dollars. But now we're back to these guys. And, yeah, some of them are making some money. But, man, they just love playing baseball. They love being around each other. And that's what you look for. You look at the teams that win the World Series. Like, they're out there to fight for each other. And now we just get to figure out, like, who the fuck wants them next? Nobody wants to smoke. And that's the thing, right? I, I said uh, maybe on this podcast or maybe to just you, I'm like, yo, it's in everyone's heads. It's been 10 years. We have the team. We got healthy enough, right? It's in everyone's heads. The Yankees are coming for that shit, right? People know whether they're fans or they're haters. I see the Mets fans like, okay, who's going to be the team to eliminate the Yankees? Even the commentators are against us, right? Oh, well, they won't be able to do that next round. Yeah, okay. Keep hating. You know, keep uh, counting us out or looking for any excuse or any reason that we're going to lose or not be able to pull it off. And uh, we'll keep believing because, you know, it, it's everybody. It's from the Glaber Torreses to the CC Sabathias to the BP crew to the ticket office to the people watching on Yankees Twitter at home. There's a lot of people pulling for this. And it's in everybody's heads that we're coming for that 28th chip. Dude, and so you mentioned the BP crew. So let's talk. Let's talk about our experiences at the game. Yo, <laughs> that was, uh, bro, I could, or what l- I, movie, I could talk about it forever. What I remember. So <laughs> Friday, I got to Billy's at like 4.30-ish. And um, I was like, all right, you know, it's the playoffs. Like, you know, I get almost like I'm playing in the game. Like I wore like more athletic socks and like more athletic underwear. <laughs> Just like, for comfort. Like, just, just like, I'm good. ready to go. Like, I don't know. Like, as I got dressed, I was like, what are you doing, you psycho? But so I'm ready. I walk in the billies. 
And I'm like, all right, like, get a beer. I'm like, you know what? We should do a shot, too. Why not loosen it up a little bit? Beer, shot. Next thing you know, you know, listeners start coming up. Boom, now beers are flowing. Having a good time. Get in the stadium. Hanging out, grab a beer. All right, everything's good. Now, one of the perks of doing stadium meets is that I don't really pay for anything in the stadium anymore. So I had an open bar tab at one point, and I went nuts. I was grabbing like pretty much random people, like, yo, you want some beers? Just the love, <laughs> was, the love was in the air. We are going bonkers because we're winning this game. People are even throwing beers in the 100 section. I am throwing them back. At one point, I'm getting beers, and I get a text from my wife. Yo, Deez is nice is right next to us right now. Yeah. So I come down, and I'm just like, I don't even know what the hell I said to him because I don't really remember it that much, if we're being honest. <laughs> I know I was like, yo, I do a podcast with beefy Keith, sweet Keith. And he was like, yo, that's my guy. I, yeah, I, I know you. And I was like, all right. He said something along the lines of like, I know you're whatever from like you mentioning it when you talked to him in London. And I was yeah. just like, fuck yeah, you know who I am. And then like he left. <laughs> yeah. Like was I was, great, I was probably the whitest person he had ever seen in that moment. Just like Bud Light drunk. <laughs> like, yo, what up? Let's get a pick. Nah, but Jesus is cool like that. When you sent me the pick, I was like, finally. I'm like, in London, I was saying, I don't know, because we were different places. But in London, I was like, yo, you got to come meet Jesus. You guys are both Bronx guys. Like, got to meet got to meet uh, another, you know, you guys probably went to high school around the same time. Like, Yeah. But yeah, hey, stars you know. aligned in game one. When I found you guys, I was in 127. I moved down from 206 to 127, and I found you guys in 130. And I was pretty much sober because I was not nervous, but it was one of those games where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm watching every single pitch. You I can don't just get say, blacked out. You could just say like, I acted like an adult <laughs> as opposed right. to and what I, I did. I also knew tomorrow we're hosting like 472 Bronx pinstripes crew people. I don't want to be hungover for that. So I'm not going to get too wasted tonight. I'm going to see how it goes, and I'm going to go right home. I didn't even go to, like, for one of the first times in history, I didn't go to Billy's. I didn't go to the dugout. I didn't go to La Bodega after the game. I got in the car and went home, went to sleep, because I knew it was going to be like, okay, as soon as the sun comes up, we turn around and go. But when I saw you, Andrew, Scott, I'm like, okay, these guys are lit. And then they went and had the podcast in the park. Yeah, so we (laughs) went to the park for the old Yankee Stadium. Because we thought that'd be a good place to do a podcast. And here are my memories of that. We started. I said something. And I knew, yo, I'm too drunk to do this. So (laughs) I'm going to hang out while they do it. And then I also was like, you know what? I'm also going to smoke a blunt. Because that's (laughs) what I mean. We just won. So I... Between me smoking the blunt, I know at one point I dropped it and I couldn't find it because I was too drunk and it was too dark. And so I took a microphone from Scott Andrew and I believe I uh, asked Scott to drop a beat because I was going to rap. Yep. Um, (laughs) And things wrapped up then. At some point, apparently, in between that, I ran the bases at the old Yankee Stadium, um, which Andrew told me. And then me, Andrew, and Frank Marco were walking, and they went to go get on the train. And I was like, what are you guys doing? And they were like, we're going home. We have a thing tomorrow. And I go, we got to go to Billy's for one beer. I walk in, and Joey, who owns Billy's, sees me and goes, yo, JJ, you are so fucked up right now. (laughs) How high are you? Do you want a shot? And I was just like, dude, no, kick me out. Like, send me home. (laughs) So apparently I did two shots and, like, pounding beers. And I got back to my hotel at, like, 2 in the morning. And I woke up at, like, 8 a.m. Hammer drunk. Just so drunk. It was rough. It was postseason energy. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, yo, the energy got me. The energy got me. And I set up a brunch for, like, a bunch of Bronx pinstripes people. And I wanted to cancel so bad. And I can't s- do it, man. <laughs> I sat there miserable. I went and threw up in the middle of brunch at one point. 
but I just like kept kept drinking. Um, and then we got to take. We went. We happened to be going to Grand Central just to get the train up, and we took that train from like 1922 that they run like once a day um, to Yankee Stadium nonstop, like super old train. Yeah. So, so that was cool. But yeah, man. Um, Saturday, I like I said, I woke up fine. I wasn't hungover at all. I woke up at 6:30 when the sun was up, and I just was like, "Well, I'm up now. Like, there's no way I can sleep through." back-to-back postseason games and just be passed out. Like, I'm thinking about the game. I'm thinking about the game. And then even after you watch that first game, like, I wanted to come home and see the highlights. I watched it the next day. Like, watching DJ drop that first pop-up on TV, I'm like, oh, that was his, like, welcome to Yankee Stadium postseason moment. But anyway, um, Saturday, I get to the stadium super early. I'm at the stadium at, like, 12, 12, 15. I put on George's Box Instagram. I'm, like, slept in the parking garage. But when you get there that early – you guys saw my other stuff. I run into Mike Ford. Now, Mike Ford is walking. Just no one even notices this dude. I spotted Mike Ford from about 30 feet away from him, and no one cares. But there's people out there. This is the Bronx. It's like, like, like say I'm at the McDonald's on the corner, and I'm walking towards Billy's. I see Mike Ford heading my way. I'm with Batista, and I go, yo, this is my time. That's my guy, Jersey. Like, I walk right up to him. I'm like, Mike Ford, I'm like your biggest fan, dude. I'm like, he, he's, he's got his uh, earbuds in. He kills his phone call for me. He's like, hey, I'll call you right back. I talk to him real quick. I'm like, can I do a video? Can I get a video? He's obviously got to get into the stadium. Yeah. I don't know where he was coming from. I don't think he came from the train. I think he just drove himself to the stadium from Princeton and parked down the street. He I might don't have. know what goes on. He might have just like parked on the concourse because he didn't want to pay for parking or some shit. Right after that, I, I pull up to that little um, that little spot that's next to Billy's that's got, you know, they sell beers and there's some of the, you know, Yankees Twitter, Bronx Pinstripes crew people out there. They got the Bronx Pinstripes crew shirts on. Billy's wasn't even open yet. I don't know what time they opened Billy's. It wasn't open at 12, 12, 31. They probably closed um, 10 minutes ago when I left. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, were, they were still cleaning up from last night so i i slid obviously to la bodega got it cracking in there and then like i i can like feel the energy now at yankee I, i'm there so much i can feel it i'm like okay we need to get out of bodegas or out of la bodega and go to billy's by the time i got like into billy's i'm like yo it's just as packed as it was friday but what was different was we had the whiteout of all those bronx pinstripe shirts and the towels and everybody in that era, in, in that area, I'm like, oh, I'm like, yo, BP crew, we mobbing. Like, I've never seen that many people for a BP crew event. And it's just surreal, man. I remember us being in that same area like two years ago, making signs with markers and drawing like baby bombers and BB, BP crew. And like, there only being like 15 to 20 of us. And for it to morph to what it's morphed to now is just it's a blessing, man, and it's awesome to be with the gang. And everybody that's on Yankees Twitter, everybody that listens to George's Box, everybody that's a Yankees fan, you're, you are BP crew. You should be rolling with us. And I appreciate everybody that said what's up to me, took pictures with me. Like, I told a lot of people, like, hey, this is your first postseason game. Be yourself. Do what you want to do. Don't censor yourself. Have fun. Drink. If you throw your beer, throw your beer. If you do a backflip because someone hit a home run, like, it is your postseason. Live in it. It's an amazing time. I'll tell you what, we, we hyped the event like leading up to it, and we're like, oh, we sold 472 tickets, and you, know, we, you, know, you throw that number around. When you see, you know, now obviously I'm not going to lie, there were a couple people, like there were some nice Twins fans sitting right behind us who someone had bought their tickets, couldn't make it, sold them on StubHub, you know. But I, we sold 472 tickets, I don't know, maybe 450, maybe 400 even. People showed up pretty much at Billy's in the T-shirts, all knew who we were. I mean, it was a surreal experience. I wish I was less hungover for it. But it was an incredible time, incredible group of people. Everyone's just like, you kind of, and I mean this, I mean this in the nicest way when I say it. It was an opportunity for all the weirdos to come out. And we're weirdos too. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, the people who, like, you know, I don't know, maybe your wife kind of understands, like, how much you love the Yankees. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, your roommates, your cousin, your mom, whoever it is, like, they kind of get it. You really like the Yankees. But everyone who was at this fucking loves the Yankees and gets it and gets the weird shit. So many people wanted to, like, you know, just talk, like, actual baseball, like, in depth. Some people just wanted me to yell, I'll see you at the parade into their Snapchat. <laughs> like, it was a total, like, 
mix of the groups, and it was awesome. So that's why I got to tell you, we're going to the ALCS. You know it. I know it. Everyone watches the Yankees knows it. We don't know who we're playing yet because those guys are taking their time to figure it out. But for home games, one and two, we're selling, I believe it's about 250 tickets. I don't know how many are left. Uh, we send a thing out to like our people who have the email. If you go to bronxpinstripes.com backslash tickets, you got to sign up for the mail list, and then we will send you an email that tells you how to get tickets through us. It's $250. You're in Section 205. We'll also send you a beanie. Uh, because it's just getting too cold to ask people to just wear T-shirts. So we'll send you a beanie in the mail. You'll get it before the game. And you'll also get a ticket to a game next year. All the information's on the site, bronxpinstripes.com backslash tickets. Um, yeah, I like this deal, dude. Um, the, uh, first off, the towels, uh, and like, <laughs> I don't even have my towel. I, I was picking up towels, but I end up giving people towels because people lose their towel. Like, Keith, can I get the towel? They assume that I'm going to have 10 towels at my house, which I don't. I gave away all my towels. I gave away my shirt. Just the, the combination of the shirt with the pinstripes and then the towel with the pinstripes. Like, we were swagging out there. I'm like, yo, this is epic. And, uh, I mean, I, like, the beanie is going to be cool. I like this, um, this next deal. This, this beanie is going to be sick. But what the biggest thing is is what you're paying for, you're going to sit with us at the ALCS. And come next year, I think it's around Labor Day weekend or no, it's the uh, I think it's like the like summer kickoff. It's like a late May game. You get a ticket to a game in, in May next year. And I think it's against the twins. So, yeah, this, it's a good deal. It's a great deal. So you, you talked about getting to sit with us. You talked about the, the towels. The towels were an interesting thing because not a lot of people knew about the towels. And so, like, we had been planning, like, how do we even get these towels in the stadium? Like, will they even let us bring them in? And people just, like, hopped on board at Billy's. Like, yeah, I'll bring in, like, 30 towels, like, in my arm. Like, whatever it is. And just start handing them out. There were people who weren't even, like, with us who were just, like, nearby. Like, hey, you want a towel? There were people who were like, yo, how much? Like, let me buy two. And I was like, no, just take them. It was, like, mm -hmm. it was so much, like, love in the air, which was great. But we got, I mean, I think, as you know, you win Friday night. Come in Saturday. And it's like, you know, hey, you got that first one out of the way. The energy's good, but it is a drunk energy on a Saturday with, like, the, you know, day drinking going on. And I feel like there was a lot of press, a lot of, like, you know, even just the broadcast itself that saw sections 205 and 206 and were like, oh, these guys are fucking up to something. Like, this team, <laughs> this fan base, like, yeah. they're on some other shit right now. Mobbing. It's a mob. BP crew, like, yo, everyone saw it. Yeah. I got so many texts. I got pictures of the TV, and people now people want to know. I'm getting texts now. Yo, is BP crew doing it again? Yeah, we'll be out there. Like, come through. And we've been doing this all season, and we've been doing it the last few years. But now you see it bigger and better than ever, and it's it's a dream. It's literally a dream. It's it's awesome that, uh, you know, we make it happen, and it's this team is good. You know, if the team wasn't good, we wouldn't be able to do this. If the team wasn't in the postseason – we wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. Saturday was probably the most fun I ever had at Yankee Stadium. And that's, that's tough to say. I've had a lot of fun. Overall, from start to finish, from running into Mike Ford at 12 o'clock to stumbling on the train home at 12 p uh, midnight, like, <laughs> that was the most fun I had. Yeah, it, was, it was a blast. And if you're not coming, you should be coming. BronxPinstripes.com backslash tickets. So as we... We kind of we got to look ahead a little bit as we record this on Tuesday evening. We could, you know, in four or five hours have an opponent. We might not have one till Thursday. I think we have differing views on on who we want. Now, I don't give a fuck who we play because I think we're going to win. I believe this is a team of destiny. I believe that uh, with the Astros losing yesterday, they have thrown off their rotation. Um, but you would prefer. If you had the choice, you would you would face Houston over Tampa. Yeah, I, I want I want it all. Uh, I want I want all the smoke. I want who they think is the team that can beat us. Um, I talked about the trade deadline and how they crowned these guys at the trade deadline, and they forgot about us because the first half when we were 
replaced for 28. The Yankees are still in first. They're overcoming all these injuries. Wait till the Yankees get healthy. If they get a couple pitchers at the deadline, they're the favorites. And even before we got hurt and all the preseason predictions went out, they said 2019 is the Yankees' year. But all of a sudden at the deadline, one move for Zach Greinke makes the Astros the favorites, and we're the underdogs. Cool. Line it up. I want to see the Astros. I don't want I don't want Tampa to somehow win three in a row. That would be kind of lame. Like I want to see the best versus the best. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. I don't want the easy way out. Give me the hard route so that there's no doubt. So that when we do beat Houston and we do go to like I don't want to hear any excuses, John Smoltz or any of these baseball guys. Oh, what are what are they gonna do against Garrett Cole? He's just striking out 20. Come through the Bronx. Like, show me. They have to come here and show me. They're not ready. I saw those games in 2017 when the Astros came to the Bronx. They were shook. They couldn't play against that team in the Bronx 2017. I I feel pretty confident about our chances against Houston. Send me them. Don't send me the weak-ass Rays. Don't send me the weak-ass Rays. So I would gladly take the Rays because – one, they'd have to win three games in a row to get there. So they're burning up pitchers. They just aren't as I, – I'm less worried about them. I mean, we get the Rays. I'm may, and my hotel reservations for the World Series, like, already start because it's just <laughs> – this is done. Um, I just don't think – you know, we, we've beat up on them all year. They're our little brother. It's – you know, we would fill that stadium with Yankee fans – um, you know, there would probably be, I, I bet there would be some temptation to just get on a plane and fly down there for those games. Yeah. Um, but with Houston, I, I see, I don't care. Like if we face Tampa and we beat them to go to the world series, I don't give a shit if anyone says, well, you didn't beat Houston because Houston couldn't get there for us to have to beat them. Um, but at the same time, when you look at, they have to pitch Verlander in game four. They would have to go with Cole in game five. And then we're looking at Houston in Houston with that mental midget Zach Greinke on the mound. And I know in 2019, you're not supposed to make fun of people's like mental health issues because he said, like, my anxiety, I could never pitch. You're not supposed to make fun of guys for driving Uber either. So no, you are. (laughs) You are. You are. But I just think of Zach Greinke as a like. Justin Verlander, very good. One of the best pitchers in baseball. Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in baseball. But Zach Greinke, I mean, that's Javier Vasquez. I mean, that guy sees the Empire State Building, and he pisses down his leg. <laughs> so I'm not really worried about, like, who we face. I would just personally, if you gave me the choice, I'd say Tampa because they have to, like, it stretches the series out. They're not as strong of a team. They're not as deep as of a team. Um, I just think it'd be too. I think it'd be easy for us to uh, get to the World Series if we face Tampa. Yeah, we're recording this now, Tuesday night, uh, less than an hour away from first pitch down there in Tampa. I would love to actually see Tampa force a Game Five just to stretch them out, but I think it ends tonight. I think Verlander uh, shuts them down tonight, and I think the Astros. Bregman came out and said, "Oh, I, you know, they outplayed us," but I think tomorrow. You know, like, we come out and show we're the better team or some cocky shit. I can't stand Alex Bregman. Like, I, I want him to come to the Bronx. <laughs> bring me him. Bring me Altuve. Bring me Springer. Bring me Corre- Bring me Jordan. Give me, bring me all of these guys and match them up against our guys. And I just know what it's going to be already. I, I haven't had a doubt the whole year about it. Houston, you have a problem. Let's see if you can get out of St. Petersburg, though. Again. Chase Headley's not our DH anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, like, this no, is a totally a different. different team. Um, so you brought up uh, one thing from the last series that I was waiting to talk on because Cameron Mabin, I guess, like, I don't know, he put himself in some trouble. Like, he didn't even get in trouble. He just, like, decided he was in trouble on his own. But Saturday, the place is packed. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's drinking. And they, the Twins decided to pitch Dobnak, Dobnak, the fucking Uber driver. Because that's what we Ray, know Randy Dobnak. I don't like. <laughs> Listen. It doesn't matter. It's a wonderful story that he went to a Division II school, 
and didn't get drafted and decided to stick with it and play some independent ball because a coach of an independent team son played with him at this Division II school. And then with that, through YouTube highlights, never being scouted in person, got signed by the Twins and started this season in single A. And his goal was to make it to double A. And he did. And he got to triple A. And he got to the major leagues. And he beat the Red Sox because I tweeted about them losing to an Uber driver. And he got to game two of the ALDS and got to start a game in Yankee Stadium, which is fucking amazing. But along the way, he decided to tell everyone that he drove Uber in the offseason or, you know, to make ends meet. And people are taking a, is it funny, is it bad to make fun of a guy who's just doing what he has to do to provide for his family or whatever his situation is. And to do that would be bad. If you was just a regular guy who drives Uber, or if I got in an Uber and told the guy, well, yeah, well, you're a fucking Uber driver. Like, fuck you. Then I'm an asshole. But if a guy talks to the media and says, hey, I'm an Uber driver. I have a 499 rating. I don't even know how I got that. I must have one rating that was bad. I don't even remember what I did, like going into detail about it. And then you do all that. You let the media talk about it. And then you have the balls to step on the mound from the opposing dugout in Yankee Stadium. Dude, fuck you. (coughs) We're going to yell Uber at you. This is New York. That was a, a signature Yankee Stadium and New York moment. People took the wrong kind of takes on this, which I don't get. First off. Everyone in New York takes a cab Uber. I remember in 2013 when Uber started and there were like things where like a cab driver will pull up and you're like, no, nah, I'm waiting for my Uber before the app got too crazy. Yeah. And the cab driver would say, oh, I'm Uber. I'm Uber. No, you're not Uber. Like Uber tells me what car I have. <laughs> There's a stigmatism out there that all Uber drivers are like these cab drivers. Like that's their career. All they can do is drive. They don't have any skills, whatever. None of that matters. Throw all that out. Right. We're not we don't care about him making ends meet. He's a professional baseball player. What we care about is he's standing on the mound in our crib. He gave us some information that he didn't have to give us. So we're going to use it against him. I tweeted out, yo, I drove Lyft. I'm not ashamed of driving Lyft the same way this guy's not ashamed of driving driving Uber. Yo, it's actually not a bad gig if you're in between gigs and you have things lining up and you can't go somewhere from nine to five. Be your own boss. Make your own hours. Uber. Like, I said they should have flipped the narrative. Uber could have made a commercial out of it. He's going to get an endorsement deal. He'll get something, right? But it worked. We won. And we will say and do things. And we have said and done a lot worse things in Yankee Stadium, in the heat of competition. This is baseball. And this is the Bronx. This is the most working class. Like, come on, yo. I don't even have to go into it. But we'll, we'll talk about how Mabin last night. After the, you know, clinch, after the, you know, sweep, he throws out this tweet where he says, I'd give this series a 4.9 out of 5. And instead of letting that ride, he says, um, okay, I deleted the tweet because I guess it was like, you know, in bad taste. But like, also, right, I can appreciate that from Maven Maven, because I'm a positive guy and I'm like, yo, positive energy, right? Right now, all the Yankees need is positive energy, positive everything. But it was fun. And the guy, Dobnak, responded to him. He actually threw out something that I threw out on the podcast. He had the screenshot of Mabin's DUI um, arrest and his mug shot. And he's like, hit me up when you need a ride, bro. Wow. So, hey, he, play, he played into it. Yeah, let's do it. Like, that's fine. I remember being in high school. Pro- yeah, it was probably in high school. Yeah, like 2000-ish. And Carl Everett was a center fielder for the Red Sox. And I was sitting in the Bleachers Old Stadium, and we just chanted, Everett beats his kids. I don't know. I mean, he's a controversial guy. I know he, like, hates gay people and, like, is super into God, but, like, so into God that he hates gay people um, and has, like, held a gun to his uh, wife's head. But, um, you know, at one point, he beat his kids. His kids were covered in bruises. So guess what? If you're going to still come out and make millions of dollars every year and you're going to stand there for the other team, we're going to tell you that you beat your kids. You drive Uber, we're going to tell you you drove Uber. I get Maven deleting it 
because it was along the lines of the uh, like when Judge played New York, New York in Boston last year. It's like, ah, right. Keep it going. Keep it positive. Yeah. You know, we still got work to do. But the blue check mark brigade just getting. I can't believe they would do it. Shut That's up. That's what it is. Shut up, Lindsay Adler. Shut up. Yo, get get these people all the way the fuck out of here. It's social media. That's what it is, right? And it's also people that aren't baseball people, that don't go to stadiums, don't go to games, don't watch. And they're looking at this like, why are you why are you get why are you feeling sorry for him? Are you he doesn't need you to defend him. You getting offended is not defending him. He's a grown man. He put that information out there. He is a professional athlete, which is such a rare feat anyway. I don't feel bad for this dude. You guys that are on Twitter that aren't in the baseball world, stay out of it. It's kind of like my, my girl Serena from, um, from the Dodgers. She tweeted this girl that showed up to Dodger Stadium in a Giants jersey, like booty shorts and heels. And she's like, look at this girl, like thinks she's the shit in Dodger Stadium. Basically like Dodgers versus Giants rivalry. The internet spun it to make it seem like she was like trying to get her man. And like some, some like verified model was like, well, did you get the guy? She looks like she's got a man on her arm. Oh, you probably can't afford those shoes. Yo, we're talking baseball. We're talking about rivalries. We're talking about competition, stadium and stadium. Like stay out of it, Twitter. Stay out of it. Like these sporting news and publications and these verified people with all these followers that just want to pile on. Like we don't need you. Stay out of our world. I mean, if... If the guy's getting harassed on the street, if the guy's getting harassed on, uh, on the internet nonstop, if his family's being harassed, that's an issue. If you're toeing the rubber in Yankee Stadium, anything that is wrong with you, any kind of weakness you have, I want 50,000 people yelling about it. I don't give a shit what it is. Start it up. I'm out there like I'm laughing. I'm like, yo, we're, these Uber chants are hilarious. I'm like, the whole stadium is doing it. I'm a former Lyft driver. I'm out there like, Uber, Uber. And honestly, I bet it didn't. I didn't even look to see if he had like an opinion. I doubt it. I don't think it impacted him at all. I think he didn't say anything about it. He didn't care. I think what happened isn't because people cheered at him. I think what happened is because he's a rookie who went up against the best team right. in baseball. And they mashed him. Like, that's what's supposed to happen. Right. What happened is what's supposed to happen. He was a 16 seed who went into a number one seed lineup. He didn't stand a chance whether we chanted Uber or not. No. So it, that was just for us to have some fun. Yeah. I enjoyed Saturday. Because we were time. drunk. So blame baseball for giving us that schedule. <laughs> um, we didn't come out totally clean. Uh, you know, we got the sweep. That's great. We did have Britain. Uh, jammed his ankle when he was covering uh, first base last night. He said it was nothing. He got checked out by the trainer, decided to stay in the game, got out of the inning, went out, gave up a home run. Says he realized on his own, like, listen, I'm not 100%. Was talking to Gary, called out uh, Steve Donahue again, and just said, I'm not 100%, so, like, I shouldn't be in this game. He'll be fine. He's got four days off from just jamming your ankle a little bit, covering first base. Not going to be an yeah. issue. He's a big boy. One thing that does concern me, uh, I'm not really that concerned because I think he's going to be fine, but Chapman's hand was bandaged up last night because he hit it on a bottle in the celebration. Um, I think with four days, and he said he was fine then, they're probably just, you know, you got to be super precautious with these things this time of the year. Um, I do, I hate off-the-field injuries, like stupid shit like that. Um, if you get hurt on the field, it's no big deal, but... That just, you know, I hope for our next celebration, they're just a little safer because there yeah, will be more there. There will definitely be more. And I think now that that was the first like caution one. Like, wait, hold on. OK, now you guys celebrate, have a good time, but everyone be safe with it. Stay healthy. Like, who knows? Like, don't throw a bottle or however. It, I don't know how it happened, but like, let's not get hurt. It isn't like um, who was it? Amari Stoudemire for the Knicks when he like came out and was pissed and like punched through a. You know, some glass and then like the broke fire his hand. Like, yeah. The Kevin, fire, yeah. Like, Kevin it Brown isn't that kind it. of thing. Yeah, Kev it isn't that kind of thing. He's um you know, these guys are these guys are drinking, they're partying. Baseball players live for this celebration. They live to win the series and pop bottles. I love it that we were the first to do it. These guys are got they gotta be itching to get to the next one. And now we get to chill all week and watch the rest of these guys play. And we'll see what happens in the ALDS, and we'll see what happens in the uh, other two National League series. So 
I mean, let's just close it out with a couple predictions. So it's six thirty on Tuesday night. Um, ALDS, it's two one Houston over Tampa with uh, Verlander on the mound tonight in Tampa. Uh, who do you think? Uh, who do you think wins this? I think Verlander shuts them down. I think uh, this is this is pretty easy to call. The Astros are the better team. Um, they Tampa had a you know a nice little game that they put together where they they went up early and they you know they got the Zach Greinke, but I think this is um, you know a veteran here. Obviously, I know this is a veteran here. Uh, this is where Verlander you know steps up and doesn't give anything up, and the the rest of the Astros step up and hit, and they put it away. Especially after a whole day and night of watching us party and watching us have the headlines and watching us be the first one to the next round and watching. Us be ALCS bound, and you know I could go on forever. So I think uh, Houston tonight. Yeah, I mean I don't. I want Tampa to win. I'm really hoping that they do win. Um, even just to get to you know to game just five. to fuck them up a little bit. Yeah. Just so, uh, but yeah, I feel like Verlander was you know Verlander was one of those guys who you know he was probably just in his hotel last night watching the Yankees, and he's like, God damn it, I'm stuck in Tampa. Right. Like I'm not with you know Kate Upton's sweet sweet breasts right now. <laughs> I want to go home. And he just goes out there and shoves. Um, and then tomorrow, I mean, we got a pair of game fives. Like, that's not a bad midweek. Elimination games in the National League. That's dope. Um, what do you think about St. Louis and Atlanta? I, I think Atlanta at home, they've put together a team that consists of, you know, guys that are journeymen from San Francisco Cervelli to Billy Hamilton to – even like Josh Donaldson is doing his thing over there, but then they have their young guys like Albies and um, Acuna and you know, Nick Markake is another guy that you know they you know bounce around. Like they they finally have this team of guys and names that we know, and I think this is their year to do it. And if they can beat the Cardinals, which they got walked off by the Cardinals, they should have beat them the other night. I think they will you know show up in the best new park in baseball. Finish the game, um, finish the series, win the game, and then I think they have a real good shot at beating the Dodgers. I have a real good shot at beating the Dodgers, and then obviously, you know, in the next series, I think the Dodgers get it done. Um, but I don't know, bro. Strasburg, I like. I'm like, yo, this is this is might be Strasburg's moment. So it's like it's tough because so I'm I'm just over the Cardinals. I'm over them. I think I said this last week. Like I'm just tired of them. Uh, you know, Atlanta's young. They're exciting. You know, let's let's see them. Um, the same thing. With, like, when you look, you, you want, I kind of want the Dodgers because I want to face the Dodgers in the World Series. I think it's a more, like, marquee matchup. And it's the only way that our, and this is selfish, we wouldn't have home field then, but the our home games would be on a weekend, which is much easier. Nah, bro, we got to get Atlanta, and then we can go so, to the SunTrust Park. But if we get Atlanta, or we get the Nationals, like, I'll play the shit out of the Nationals in the World Series. That's an easy oh, yeah. trip. We're going to D.C. That's easy. That's it. Didn't that, they just start the, like, a cellar or something from New York to D.C., like that easy train? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's light work. So, I mean, I, and I'd really like to. I don't, and you were out there, but I just don't feel like there are, are Dodgers fans. I feel like the Dodgers fans are over them. There, yes, there are. I'm not saying there are none. There are a They're couple. They're weakened. But, yes, they are. They've had enough of this team. It's like classic L.A., you know. Like uh, yeah, we've given They're up. They're ready for basketball to start. Look at look at L.A. basketball. You got A.D. and, and LeBron, and then you got uh, Paul George and Kawhi. They're ready for basketball to start. I've talked to them when I was out there. They're saying, "Yo, if, yo, if the if, if the Dodgers lose this year, I'm done, man. They can't go through the heartbreak again. I, I I can't relate. But like three years in a row, if they go to the World Series and lose again, they don't want that. A lot of them are ready to be checked out now. We'll see what uh, we'll see what Strasburg has for them in some of these um, these young nationals. I actually, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind going to D.C. or Atlanta make, or L.A. It'd make life so much easier if it was yeah. on the East Coast. East Coast. So I have some breaking news from two minutes ago. Aaron Hicks says he's ready to rejoin the roster. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> He's like, damn, that shit looked like it was fun. He said, so he watched the game last night um, with Travis Darnode at uh, uh, at a restaurant in St. Petersburg because Tampa's home. Tampa rehab. Hicks is down there working out. Um, Clint Frazier's down there. I guess they sent Ford down there. 
instead of bringing him on the road. Uh, Montgomery's down there. Tarpley's down there. Um, you know, Clint says, you know, I think we're all ready. I don't think you really touch this. Um, I, I don't think you really touch this roster. I mean, I think it's great that Hicks I'll, has come back, but are you going to – first, you're not I'll taking Gardner this. out of the lineup. I'll say this, bro. Luke Voigt didn't even get in a bat. No. Yeah. So Hicks is about to come through and just – no, it's not. I mean, I, I'm a Hicks guy. You guys have heard me say Hicks Hive, healthy Hicks Hive. I, I love the guy when he's healthy, but you don't mess with this. It, Those first three games in that lineup, I like what we did putting Mabin in for, you know, let Mabin get some. He flexed at the end of last night's game. His mom was in attendance. She was battling breast cancer, and I think it was the first game that she got to. I liked us putting him in, and he gave us that late insurance home run. Um, I'm fine with Mabin getting some, but, you know, Luke Voigt didn't see any time. So I don't think Aaron Hicks is going to just slide in here. And they were talking today about CeCe saying he's ready to pitch in the ALCS. I don't know what you think about that. I mean, you can maybe find a spot for him. I mean, we do have... You know, we have Tyler Lyons, and he's the best player ever. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to take him out? Because he got in there. I mean, we started uh, – <laughs> could you imagine if I told you there were going to be playoffs and we, there would be a Tyler Lyons chant going on in the that postseason? That was, yo. Oh, man. Yankee Stadium, That was man. Yankees in two. But, yeah, I think if you look at it, what Maven's done, Maven's one for three. He hit that home run, the home run, whatever kind of extra. But he's stolen two bases. So, like, that's what he's on the roster to do is to play defense, steal bases. Hicks doesn't have the same speed. Yes, he can play defense. Yes, he's got a good bat. But he's not, like, he's not seeing live pitching in just so long that I just think it's impossible to put him back in there. Like, I would put, if someone got hurt, and you, I would put Frazier in there to pinch hit before I'd put Hicks because Before he just Hicks. hasn't yeah, seen it. It's been too long. Yeah. And even, even with Giancarlo, uh, in game one, Giancarlo he dove for a ball. I had a heart attack. It. it was right in front I, of us. Oh, yeah. It was right in front of 130. Wow. I'm glad I wasn't sitting with you guys because I would like Keith, uh, Neil Keith. I'm sure he was probably like this guy. like Classic Stanton. <laughs> but, yo, it's because he hasn't been out there, right? He doesn't have his steps down. He hasn't been in left uh, all year. Now we're in the postseason. He's thinking, all right, I'm going to make this play like Judge made over there. No, Judge knows right field. Judge is there every day. He's been there for months. He can dive and make those plays with his big body. John Carlos Stanton, hey, we're happy to have you back because you do affect these pitchers. We can tell they're scared of you because they're walking you, but out there in the field, you haven't been here enough. You haven't been out there enough. Aaron Hicks, I love you, bro. It sucks that you're going to miss uh, this run, but you're a part of this. We'll never forget that catch you made to beat Minnesota yeah. uh, in the regular season. You, you'll, you'll get a ring. Yeah, he'll get a ring. He'll get a float. It'll be great. But, I mean, you know, Stan's got four walks. That's great. You know, obviously we'd like four home runs, but you take the walks, you get on base. It, it changes. It just changes the lineup. It changes the approach. And Aaron Hicks coming back at this point does not do that the way Stanton did. Did you see the little hit? Stanton had last night and he had that little weak ass like he he hasn't been around so he didn't even he was like late he got the first and and he was like adjusting his like cleats or his gloves and he did a little like half-ass like yeah. bang bang guardy game like, how do I even Bre celebrate? <laughs> like he didn't even know how to do it and I'm like this dude he's still getting acclimated he's only been around a couple weeks <laughs> yeah so I mean happy Hicks is healthy hope he's a part of our future just not our immediate future I think that's what we got I mean we we need someone to play we need everyone to just – it's so easy in these, like, four games to drive ourselves – these four days to drive ourselves insane and just, like, who are we going to play and worry about and think about matchups. I can't reiterate this enough. We cannot second-guess this team. Whatever decision they make, to, you know, with the roster, whether it's CeCe, whether it's they decide to cut Brett Gardner and put Aaron Hicks, you know, in center field. Whatever decision they make, we got to be behind this organization 100%. I saw it on Friday. I saw it on Saturday. You could feel it on Monday. And it feels good going forward. Keith, you got anything else for the people? Yeah, I'm, I'm echoing that. And a lot of you follow me on Twitter. And, and the game started last night. And I had to, like, subtweet this dude because I'm seeing him reply to my tweets with negativity. And I'm like, miss me with the negativity. Don't talk bad about the Yankees to me on Twitter. I don't have time for it. I don't even want to read it in my mentions. If that's what you do, keep that, right? Watch the game. 
Don't panic. Believe. If you don't believe, I don't want to hear from you. Every day during this run, wear your Yankee hat, wear your Yankee hoodie, wear your Yankee jacket, wear your Yankee book bag. Rep that shit. It's our time, right? I don't want to, it's either you're in or out, right? And now, of course, after a three-game sweep, everybody's in. But no, 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 no. It could get rocky again soon. We got a hard series coming up, and we need everybody believing, everybody with us. You're either in or you're out. It's our time. Well, that's all we got for you this week. We don't know when our next show will be. We're going to figure it out as the series starts to shape up. We'll figure out what we're doing. You follow Keith on Twitter. It's at Keith underscore McPherson. You go on Instagram. He's a good-looking guy. You can see pictures of him on there. At Keith McPherson, one word. Follow the show at George's Box Pod on Instagram. Follow it on Twitter at George's Box Pod. We just crossed 3,000 followers last night. Thank you, everyone who follows us. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter and on Instagram. This weekend was so much fun. I want to thank every Yankee fan who has stuck with this team through the ups, through the downs. I hope to see more of you because you go to bronxpinstripes.com backslash tickets and get tickets to the game. If you don't come with us, if you end up, maybe you already got tickets. Maybe your dad's rich, so you got tickets already. You, maybe your mom's rich. It's 2019. She could be rich, too. Um, follow us on Twitter. See where we're going to be before the games come up. Come say what's up. We feed off the energy. It feeds into the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. This is the time to be listening to this show to get fired up because... I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. I don't give a shit who we play. We are going into their house, and they're coming into our house, and we're going to beat that ass. doesn't matter where it is. I'll play the Rays. I'll play the Astros. I'll play them in Tampa. I'll play them in Houston. I'll play them in the Bronx. I'll play them on the goddamn moon. I'll go to Garrett Cole's backyard and play them in wiffle ball for all I give a shit. The New York Yankees in 2019 are a team of destiny. We've been through too much to give up on this team now. We will see you at the Bronx. We will see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.